This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, Value Investors. We are going to continue with our podcast on Benjamin Graham and looking at his tips that he provides an intelligent investor for us value investors, but I'm going to be doing it later on this fall. I'm about to go on vacation and I'm going to take the book so I can read by the pool while I'm lounging about. Uh, But meanwhile, I wanted to focus on another topic first before we head back to Graham, and that's the small caps, small cap value. So the small caps are still lagging the large caps, if you haven't been paying attention to the overall indexes. Year-to-date, the Russell 2000 is up 14.2% versus the S&P 500, which is about 18.5%, and the NASDAQ is even better at 20.6%. I didn't look up the value versus the growth on the small caps, but we know that the value has really been uh, trailing the small cap growth. And then just overall, the small caps are trailing the large caps, um, like I just said, and they have been doing so for the last couple of years, I would say two to three years, they've disconnected from the large cap uh, indexes. So we've seen some underperformance here. But you know what that means? That means there's a buying opportunity in those small caps. Now, you had to have some patience over the last couple of years if you're buying uh, the indexes. Because, as I said, they're still lagging. But if you are dollar cost averaging into those, that's been to your benefit because you've been getting it a little bit cheaper recently. Um, Or when it dips down, you can buy some more when you get those dips. Um, Also, if you are looking at individual stocks, you might have a little bit better uh, chance of maybe getting something that outperforms the overall index in the small caps. So I thought I would look at the small cap stocks today and see if I could screen anything that looks kind of interesting from a value perspective, but that also has some real nice fundamentals. And to do that, I uh, created a screen where I looked for stocks with a market cap under the billion dollars. I know some people use 1.5, occasionally I do too, or even 2 billion, but I kept it real small this time. So only a billion market cap or less. And then I thought I would screen for both value and growth. I always consider that like the magic combination because who doesn't like value stocks? Of course we do. And then if I can get growth with the cheapness, that is like a fantastic combination to get super powerful. And I usually try to look for some kind of growth component in there with my value stocks. I don't always get it or um, I don't always get it as good as what you can get in a full-blown growth stock. But in this case, I'm getting some real good earnings growth with the companies that I screen for in this because I'm screening specifically for that kind of growth, like double-digit earnings growth. And then for the value component, I didn't look at PE this time. I chose the price-to-sales ratio because I thought it might get me a little bit more variety than what I've been seeing in some of my screens for the podcast recently. So, and I do like the price to sales ratio as a screener for value. So you 
tech normally use a price to sales ratio of one or under. That is what indicates value. And it indicates the value because we then are buying sales at a discount. So if you have a price to sales ratio of 0.5 when you're screening with that, that means you're paying 50 cents for every dollar of sales that that company is generating. So who doesn't like that, right? Like, you know, they're making a dollar here. I'm only paying 30 cents, 50 cents, 70 cents. I'm paying less than what those sales are worth. So that's a real bargain. And I like looking at that in valuation when I'm looking at companies. I also, of course, added the Zach's rank of number one or number two, which is the strong buys and the buys. And remember what that hopefully will get us is rising earnings estimates that some reason the analysts are getting more bullish on the company and are seeing something good where they have to raise the estimates instead of going the other way where we're seeing the cuts. Um, those are the other Zach's ranks. But if you get the ones or twos, that means something good is happening there. Now, also remember the Zach's rank doesn't necessarily indicate earnings growth per se. So you can still get a one or two with low or no earnings growth, actually. But it just means the analysts are seeing something changing and they've decided that they are too low and they need to raise their earnings um, estimates there. So this screen would be pretty narrow under any um, normal scheme of things because it's looking for both value with that growth component plus the Zach's rank itself, the number ones or number twos, when you include just those, that will narrow it down to a little over 800 companies. So right away, we're already at like around 800 or so. And then you're going to really narrow it with these other uh, metrics, plus the size, the market cap size of a billion or less will also really narrow it. But still, when I ran the screen, I returned 21 stocks. So I was kind of surprised by that because I haven't looked at the small caps in a while. And I was like, okay, some small caps are are bringing it right now. This is, this is pretty good. And then when I was looking through the list, um, there were some retailers on there there were no banks, maybe because we looked for price to sales and not PE. So I wasn't getting any banks. There were a few financials, but not straight out bank, you know, small banks, which is good because I didn't want to cover small banks on this podcast. And then it gave me some interesting names, ones that I had not seen before, which is what you want with a small cap screen because we don't know them all. <laughs> They're small caps. They're doing their thing some other part of the country or the world even, and uh, nobody's paying them any attention. And now they're cheap on top of it. And so really nobody's paying any attention. So um, yeah, I had a hard time picking stocks to cover for this podcast. Now I did narrow it down to three that I like, and I looked into um, a little more in depth than I normally do. And as you know, I recommend all of you uh, also dig down into what is going on at the company look at the press releases. I didn't have time to listen to their conference calls yet, but I did take a look at their investor relations pages and looked at investor presentations. And these, all three of these companies have real good um, IR 
sites, I should say. And they have investor presentations up on the site, which are fantastic. And they've been giving out a lot of information to investors, which you don't always see with small caps. So I was surprised by that as well. And I had a hard time picking out of the 21, but I chose these three and I doubt any of you have heard of them before. So this makes it kind of exciting, right? And I don't think I've covered any of these on a prior podcast either. So um, this is exciting and let's dive right in so we can see what they are. Okay. So the first one is called Extreme Networks. The ticker is EXTR. And as soon as I saw the name, I was like, okay, this is some kind of tech company. And apparently on August 9th, they just bought Arrowhive Networks. So on their IR page, they had a lot of information about like what will happen when they integrate that company, um, you know, what the new combination company is going to look like and all of that. But from what I can tell, <laughs> it looks like this is a software-driven end-to-end networking solution company for enterprise customers worldwide. That's what they say on their page. And so they talk a lot about digital transformation. They have these big time kind of tech companies as their customers. On their IR page, they said they've doubled in size over the last five years. That's also probably helped by this more recent acquisition. And some of their competitors, just to give you a clue on kind of what area they're in, are some of the big names like Cisco and Juniper. So those are some of their competitors. So it's a tough area. And then they gave like goals that they've laid out. They're on the fiscal year. So I took a look to see what's supposed to happen in fiscal 2020, which we're now entering into. And they see themselves changing over to a subscription-oriented cloud-based model. At least that will be for 30% of the revenue. That's their goal is to get uh, 30% of the revenue from reoccurring services. So we've seen the subscription-based model from a lot of companies. But as an investor, you kind of do like that because then you know for sure or you hope that that reoccurring revenue is just kind of stabilizes the rest of the revenue that is coming in there. So what is uh, cheap and growing about this company? Okay, so it has a price to sales ratio of just 0.9, which obviously is under one. And that's what we wanted. I also took a look at PE just out of curiosity on some of these. And the PE is also a value on this one at just 11.2. So that's cheap. And a market cap, $898 million now. Um, it's bigger now that they've done this acquisition. Only has one analyst, though. And it looks like the analyst kind of just joined on because we don't have some data for the prior year. And maybe they're coming on because they were watching Arrowhive Networks. So now they're going to watch the combination company. But this one analyst is expecting earnings growth of 88% this year. Some of that is because probably because of the acquisition. But they made $0.35 cents last year, last fiscal 2019, expecting to make $0.66 cents this year, fiscal 2020. So that's a pretty big jump. And it's still cheap, like I said. So I'm liking everything I'm seeing here. They also had pretty, pretty good cash flows, as you might expect from a tech company. And I think they said they had a little bit over $160 million in cash sitting there. Now, I couldn't find anything that said that they were doing any kind of shareholder-friendly uh, stuff right now. I, I didn't see a share buyback. There is no dividend with this company. But um, 
doesn't mean, you know, that won't change in the future. And obviously they're doing some acquisitions and stuff here. So um, they're focused on just uh, other things than what you would expect a larger company to be doing with their cash, which is giving it back to shareholders. So that's fine. So that's Extreme Networks, ticker EXTR. Okay, then switching over to an area outside of tech, and I've not heard of this company. It's called Griffin Corporation. Actually, they're kind of in tech too. <laughs> so it's a combo. So their ticker is GFF, and they have two different segments, which is why I'm saying it's a combo. So they do home building products, and then they have defense electronics is their second. So it's kind of like a mini conglomerate, I guess you could call it. Um, they have a market cap of 955 million. So they're on the upper end of the 1 billion screen that I screened for. So not super small on the small cap side. And um, just going back to what their segments are. Okay, so home building products, that includes AIMS, which is landscaping products, snow tools, wheelbarrows, that kind of stuff. That's been around for forever. And we all need the wheelbarrows, right? That's a normal thing that constantly is being sold. Then they own Clopay, which is doors. And then they just acquired Closet Made. So that's obviously closet stuff. Um, so that's in the home building products. And then on defense electronics, the company there is called Telephonics. And that does information and communication systems on defense, um, also private sector, but it's on that. That's why they call it defense electronics. Uh, so, like I said, market cap just under a billion. Um, the price to sales ratio for this one is really low, just 0.4. PE, I took a look, it's 18.9, so not super extreme even on the PE side. And earnings expected fiscal 2019 to be up 39%, fiscal 2020 another 46%. They made 76 cents last year, expected to make 106 this year. I took a look at third quarter, revenue was up 11%. It was up in both segments higher in the third quarter. So they're not really seeing one segment for right now outperforming the other. They're seeing a nice mix here of both of their businesses uh, doing quite well. And this is one that is a small cap, but is shareholder friendly and is paying a dividend. So their dividend is yielding 1.5%. And that's a little rare to see a small cap paying a dividend. And they are also repurchasing shares. So this is also double whammy ra rareness with both a dividend and a share repurchase. As of the end of last quarter, they had $58 million remaining under that program. So they are strategically repurchasing as well. So there's only one analyst on this one, the same as Extreme Networks. But like I've warned before in prior podcasts about small cap stocks, the small caps are hard because there are few analysts on any of these companies. And so if we even get the one, we can get a Zach's rank with it. 
Um, and in this case, we do just have one analyst on it. So you're really going to have to do your homework, dig around, listen in on these conference calls. But like I said, they had a very nice uh, investor relations page, much like Extreme Networks does. So that is helpful. They're at least providing um, some kind of uh, content and information for investors. And that is important. So that's Griffin Corporation. Uh, G-F-F, and how you how you spell the name is G-R-I-F-F-O-N, Griffon. We, we could pronounce it French. <laughs> um, I like to say, I like to think everything is French, right? Like that's, I'm always French-sizing all the names because it just sounds so much nicer. Uh, but uh, that's G-F-F, again, is the ticker on that one. And then our third company is also one I've never uh, covered or really followed at all. And it's called Quanex Building Products. And the ticker there is just NX. So two, two letter ticker NX. And what they do is they design and produce energy efficient fenestration products, in addition to kitchen and bath components. So if you're like me, you're like, what? What is fenestration? Of course, I'm like Googling it. What definition fenestration? And then it even had a question underneath that when it, the, the search results popped up that just said, you know, what is a fenestration product? And I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I want to know. And apparently it has to do with um, like sashes and frames and dividers on buildings. So like a curtain wall, glass blocks, sliding doors, skylights. And in the case of Quanex, they make screens and like spacers. So that's what that means. And then they also make uh, the kitchen and bath components like the doors to the kitchen cabinets and stuff. And this all goes to the builders and um, to other uh, like wholesalers and, and things like that. So they sell to the people who are going to you know put it in place, basically. So they describe themselves as a pure play building products manufacturer. And they have 34 manufacturing locations. 31 are in the U.S., two are in the U.K., and one is in Germany, just so you kind of know what they're uh, business model looks like. They have a market cap of $610 million, so not too small, not too big, but uh, kind of just the Goldilocks area for a small cap. And um, price to sales ratio, just 0.7, so I'm liking that. I did take a look at their PE. It's at 19, so that's not quite as cheap as the price to sales ratio, but still not not terribly high. And those earnings are expected to see some nice double digit growth, just like the other two, because we screened for that, right? And so this is nice to see. Fiscal 2019, 46% increase. Fiscal 2020, 12.6% increase. And uh, they were expected to make 95 cents this year. And they only made 65 cents last year. So you can see the big jump there. Now, I took a look at their prior quarter, and they saw above-market sales growth in North America and the EU in the fenestration segments. So that w did well for them last quarter, even though overall sales did not see a big boost last quarter, but they're doing well in that segment. 
And this is another one, strangely, that is super shareholder friendly. Like, I couldn't believe I was running into these. I thought it was just like, you know, it's going to be like a one-off out of the ones I looked at out of the screen. But two out of the three of these are paying a dividend. So this one does too. It's yielding 1.8% right now. So that's pretty decent. And they also are doing a share buyback as of the end of July 2019, they had $22 million on the share repurchase program remaining. So they still have quite a bit to go there. And I like these companies. When you see both the share buyback and the dividend and their small cap, I'm just saying they have to be doing something right. Like management really is on top of things. They know what they're doing. Some of these companies are old, like decades old. They've been around a long time. They are, you know, survivors, basically. They've been through recessions and everything else, and they know how to get the job done. So I love companies like that, and it's very hard to find them in the small caps. You really just kind of have to snoop around, which we did today on the podcast, with the screen that yielded some, like, kind of hidden gems, I want to say. And I'm really going to be watching some of these this earnings season and going forward to see, um, you know, what what develops in their business model, especially if the economy starts to slow a bit here. I didn't see anything on their IR pages and in any of their investor presentations that indicated any kind of slowdown. Not yet, but that's something to listen into on the the upcoming conference calls for sure, because um, they'll they'll talk about it if they start seeing it, obviously. So that's Quantix Building Products, ticker NX. And we did have two analysts on on Quantix, so at least it's better than just having one. So it's a little better covered than some of the others, and I I do like seeing that, at least. So it gives us a little bit more uh, to go off of. But as I've said, it's very hard to find small cap stocks uh, that have good analyst coverage. Occasionally, you'll see some of them in the tech space, if it's like a popular name or in retail even. But I'm always surprised at uh, how few analysts cover even what I consider to be some well-known retailers or restaurant chains, but just because they're on the much smaller side, then the analysts kind of uh, just stop covering them, just say, nah, we don't have the resources to devote to that. We have to do on the retail side, we have to cover Home Depot and Costco and Walmart and those names. So we can't cover any of these small cap um, you know, more specialty retailers. So the same thing goes for most other industries and sectors. So it is hard to find, you know, good analyst coverage on some of these and even, you know, um, hearing what the analysts have to say, like analyst reports on some of these is very difficult too. So it's going to be up to you a lot on the small caps. And again, try to do as much homework as you can. Definitely listen in on those conference calls, check out their financial statements. But I have to like a small cap company that's both buying back shares and paying me a dividend. That's always good. So let's recap the stocks I talked about. I only did three this time because um, I wanted to look a little bit deeper into what was going on with each of them. So we had Extreme Networks, EXTR, that would be the um, technology play out of these three. And so that also 
just goes to show you that you can buy small cap technology. It does exist out there. It's not all just the big caps. So keep that in mind. Extreme Networks, EXTR. Then we had uh, Griffon. I'm saying it French again, Griffon. Um, I like them. GFF is the ticker. I'm going to have to listen in on their conference call so I can really hear how they pronounce it. And then Quanax, uh, that sounds like a techie name, right? It ends in the X there, and it has a techie uh, ticker NX, but it is uh, a building products manufacturer. So that's a little bit of a fake out on just the name, but I'm liking it that they took on this kind of techie sounding name to make their products. So um, as always, you want to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode because you never know what I'm going to bring you every week. And I'm sure most of you had no idea that this week we're going to cover some very interesting small cap stocks. So you want to subscribe and you can get us on Spotify. And I know a lot of you are over there on Spotify now. So thanks so much for getting us there. And you can also get us on Apple Podcast. We are a standalone show on Apple Podcast. So find us under the value investor. And then to get us on SoundCloud, you have to get us on Zach's Market Edge. So you'll get two for one shows on uh, SoundCloud if you get both of them. Otherwise, get us wherever you can because I know we're on a lot of different podcast networks out there and you're just subscribing whenever you see us and that's great but make sure you do because the next time I'm going to bring you even more stocks so you don't want to miss a single episode this material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment legal accounting or tax advice or a recommendation to buy sell or hold a security do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal tax or accounting counsel publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney client relationship no recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor it should not be assumed that any investments in securities companies sectors or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.